Okay, uh, welcome to another episode of Truth Spoken Here. This is my first episode of uh, the year 2023. So uh, I want to wish you all a happy new year. And, uh, here's hoping that uh, it's the year that you fulfill, or I should say obtain, all the desires of your heart. holiday and um, I think this is a time every year for us to like reflect especially as, as um, African Americans in this country we need to reflect upon the legacy of Dr. King um, and um, the question remains that in the years since 1968 when Dr. King was assassinated how much has really changed in this country in regards to African Americans? Now, there seems to be a time um, right after the Civil Rights era in the 70s and 80s when um, it seems like uh, we were kind of going in the right direction. Of course, there was always the same stuff that's always plagued the black community. Uh, lack of ed- education. Um, not that education wasn't available, but um, in many cases, um, schools were like war zones. So, you know, we didn't always get the best. Our schools were always in the best areas. Um, also, we had violence, black on black crime, um, high teen pregnancy rates, uh, high dropout rates among us. And pretty much these things are still things that are. Uh, plague our community. You see, I'm not one of these people that um, thinks that um, we should always blame somebody else for whatever problems we have. Because if you look at history, I think we as black people in this country, I think we've all somewhat been our own worst enemy uh, you know, we've, as much as uh, we can say uh, the other races have done against us, particularly white people, um, there are things that we've done on ourselves that we've done. And that's not to excuse any of the atrocities that were uh, perpetrated against us. Now, you've seen the last few years. Well, let's say, going back to the election of Obama back in 2008, when he took office in 2009, you've seen sort of like a backlash where there's this hate, you know, a special kind of hate for us now that 
they had a special kind of hate for President Obama, of course. And now that's trickled down to hatred of us. And then, as a result of President Obama serving two terms, eight years, they went out and elected the most vile and bold candidate that they could find in President Donald Trump. And this guy, the reason he resonated with them was because he spoke things that maybe they were hesitant to say, but then it's like once he got elected, he made it okay for people to use the N-word. Uh, they just act in general hateful toward uh, people who weren't like them to some degree. I can remember one year about, I think it was about, about four years ago, um, maybe going on five years now, it was 4th of July, and um, I was going to get breakfast one morning in my car. This motorcyclist pulled in front of me. I had to slam on brakes to keep from hitting him. He then turned around as he's riding, gave me the middle finger, and uh, <laughs> said, fuck you, nigger. He went on down the road and you know like of course um you know yeah I, I kind of let it kind of like put me in a place made me feel some kind of way um, I didn't let it ruin my day but um it was on my mind for quite a while you know like that was the day that I think it became real to me how bad this situation this divisiveness is in this country You know, that could have ended very badly because I could have followed him in my car. And, you know, I'll say this, I don't even own a gun. So, like, you know, I'll, you know, most of the time, if they're bold enough to say stuff like that, you can believe that they're packing. So, like, you know, I took the high road, I guess. Uh, they said discretion is the better part of valor. So, I guess I I decided not to even follow up on that. You know, I just went on about, went on about my business. But uh, it did upset me. I guess because I haven't um, heard, heard that word so long as far as from a, a white person, you know. Of course, we use that word freely in the black community amongst ourselves and stuff. But that's, that's uh, with the A, not with the E-R on the end, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, neither one is very good, but, you know, you know, it's a term of endearment sort of in the black community. Or it can be, I should say. But getting back to the time that has passed since Dr. King's assassination and uh, how far we've come in America, you know, I would just overall look at things and say that we still have a lot of work to do. Um, we have to get back to this each one teach one mentality. I Almost 60 years old. I will be 60 years old in July of this year. In a few, you know, which is right around the corner. 
because time is flying, you know, as we get older, time flies, seems like. But, um, I lived long enough to, um, see some things in this country that, um, you know, I, like, didn't think I'd see again. And, um, I have to say, right now, the black community is probably in worse shape than I've seen it in my life, my almost 60 years of life, the black community is in, in worship that I've seen it in. You know, we already talked about uh, the black on black crime, uh, teenage pregnancy. Uh, another thing I didn't, I didn't mention was uh, the high incarceration rate for us. You know, we're more likely to go to prison than to go to college. And on top of that, we're the most self-hating people that there are on the face of the earth, it seems like. Now, I don't know whether black people all over the world, you know, you go to the African diaspora. Uh, I don't know whether it's like that for, for them over there, too. I don't know because, like, I know I was recently looking at an article where an African boldly stated, African man boldly stated that, uh, they don't want us over there. They talk, when I say us, I'm talking about uh, black Americans. They don't want us over there. And um, that we are not their brothers and sisters. So, you know, we got that kind of hatred for ourselves, for our own race. You know, like, you want is there any hope and stuff. And, and like, you know, like, it's like, we hate us and we hate anything that reminds us of us. So we have to like stop this self-hatred and like really start uh, being our brother's keeper again. I remember when I was growing up, um, I started school the year that they integrated the schools, 1969. That's when I started school, first grade. Now prior to that, we had an all-black school. Um, school down the street was like, Grades 1 through 12, um, um, I missed out on the opportunity or that experience of going to an all-black school. And um, after hearing people talk about, you know, how, what it was like, because um, during that time you had teachers that lived right in your community. These teachers not only lived in your community, they went to church with your mother and father. Your parents, um, some of them will be guests, you know, maybe dinner guests at the Sunday at the church or whatever. And uh, you know, pretty much we were in a good place now. Am I now, am I saying that uh, we should go back to segregation as far as schools and other things? Uh, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I think that we were better off. Then because we had more of a sense of community that we don't have anymore, it seems. I can remember going to uh, my neighbor's house and maybe, you know, misbehaving and um, I would get a, a spanking there 
and then you know of course she would call my mother and grandmother you know my grandmother and mother my, my grandmother really raised me my mom um, was up in the picture though and I hope that she would call them and um you gonna get a spanking when you got back home too that's the way it worked you know so you know till we get back to that mentality that it takes a village to raise a child and um each one teach one and you know we get like this we embrace this concept that I am my brother's keeper we're gonna continue to be in the same shape that we're in we're gonna be in these deplorable conditions now yes Society has set these snares for us. But just because those snares are set for you, you know, you know we, we've, we've known this since time immemorial. And um, just because these snares are set does not mean that you have to become entangled in them. So, on this day, I hope that we will take this day as a reflection. It's a day of reflection, brother, to reflect on uh, what Dr. King's dream was and what his legacy was and should be and what it can be yet if we will all work towards that goal. And with that, I'm not even talking about the black community because like one of the things people overlook about Dr. King is that um, Dr. King... Dr. King was killed. Dr. King was in there in Memphis doing a, I think, sanitation workers. Um, some kind of protest with the sanitation workers. And um, it was a poor people's campaign, basically. Dr. King tried to show poor whites and poor blacks, particularly in the South, that they should work together for a common goal and put aside all that foolishness. Because you see, all that stuff when you know they keep us arguing over something like a confederate flag or a monument that we find offensive or whatever stuff like that if they can keep us arguing about stuff like that then our focus is um, not on what they're doing we live in a country where our leaders the powers that be whatever you want to call them have profited from us being divided that's what Dr. King was trying to show us. So, I repeat, uh, you know, as I said, I want, I just hope that today we will all take time and uh, reflect on what Dr. King's legacy and his dream meant and what it could be if we'd all do a little self correction, a little self examination, and a little self correction. Thank you, and that is my podcast for today. May God bless and keep you. Until next time, peace.